0: Hey, it's Pallavi. We're doing things a little differently here at WAF this week. What you're about to hear on this week's episode is my personal story and experience with sexual assault. So, as much as we adore you, our listeners, for your continued support, proceed with caution on this one because the details that we discuss might be triggering. I used a lot of tools to get to this point of speaking openly about this. Therapy, counseling, meditation, acupuncture, massage, you name it, but the most powerful tool that actually got me to this moment was talking to my friends and my husband, my chosen family, and that gave me the courage to go and speak to my given family, and that gave me the courage to record this episode with my dear friends, Gabrielle Ruiz and Purna Jagannathan, who is our guest friend this week. The biggest lesson I've learned in keeping this secret for the last 20 years is that it is not, and it was never, my burden to bear, and what happened to me isn't my fault. But I wasn't going to get through it if I didn't ask for help, both professionally and communally. So after hearing this episode, if my story resonates with you, just know that you're not alone. It is more than okay to ask for help. It is more than okay, and it's vital that you seek the help of a mental health professional. And asking your family and friends for support and safety is imperative. Everything. To find help and resources or to take action on ending sexual violence and rape culture, please visit www.joyfulheartfoundation.org/slash learn.
1: No, really. What are friends for? Thank you so much for coming back and listening to this episode, our latest episode of WAF. We, Pallavi and I, as co-hosts and as producers of the show, really, really dig deep down and really want to turn inside out what friendships are. And friendships are not only for fun. Friendships are not only for vacations, not for only for you know, moving across the country together like, or you know meeting each other in summer theater, like me and Pallavi, but also friends are for support systems and friends are for really uncomfortable conversations. And what we are in WAF is we believe that meaningful and sometimes uncomfortable conversations are a way to a less polarized and more empathetic society. And so I just want to say, Pallavi Sastry, I am so proud of you. I love you. And to the fact that you brought up this conversation to talk about in WAF just makes me even more proud to be your friend. Thanks, friend. Um, And I
0: what we're going to talk about today is uh, I've done about approximately, I mean, in the long term, 20 years of work, but really five years of active work to really get to this place of being able to share my story of sexual assault and, um, we talked about doing this just so, like as a solo episode, but then I said, no, I actually do want to have a guest on for this one and a very specific guest because my reckoning with my own story sort of happened because of this person. So, mm-hmm. um,
1: I wanted and to this, share that call and this like, you know, a uh, casual friend as you Describe right. The At the time,
0: her. it was a mm-hmm. colleague, very like specifically we met as colleagues sort of thing and then turned into a friendship. And so I, I just it just felt like a very serendipitous opportunity for me to sort of publicly thank this person also. And um, yeah, so uh, today we have um, a wonderful actress, producer, activist, um, most recently on Netflix's Never Have I Ever and Defending Jacob on Apple TV. And she co-conceived and produced a play called Nirpaya, which I saw in 2015, um, which really changed my life. Please welcome Porna Jagannathan.
2: Thank you. Thanks for that beautiful and personal introduction.
0: Yes. Thanks, Porna, for being here. Yeah. You know, I think... um, what I wanted for today is for us to be able to like just sort of have this conversation. We very briefly talked about it on the phone, you and I, Porna. But like I, I didn't want today um, to feel um, so somber and intense because I've already been through those types of feelings and whatnot. And the last piece of the puzzle for me to share my story of ex- sexual assault is for me to just have it be something that I can talk about without it being so precious and debilitating for me. Um, and I know Mm -hmm. that you have experience with that sort of thing. And I, and I'm really grateful that you're able to support me through this process. And, um, what, what I wanted to ask you first is, um, you know, where the play Nirbhaya came from, and I can sort of tell my story of, of my experience with that as
2: well. Yeah. Nirvaya was born out of, uh, like a, a time of deep rage it, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was uh, kind of conceived out of the rape, the gang rape and death of Jyoti Singh Fande, which happened um, December uh, of 2012. And, uh, you know, the nation had a reckoning. It uh, felt a lot like what's going on today. This, the, the streets were filled with protest, men and women protesting. Um, the epidemic of sexual violence that is, uh, you know, completely uh, wrapped in silence. Uh, we haven't ever spoken about it. We, we barely use the word rape in households on television, uh, let alone, you know, we, we, we have undermined the effects uh, of sexual assault in our society. I was living in India by that time, uh, at that time, just as, as a caveat and um, you know what had happened to her on that bus she was a 23 year old medical student she got on a bus after watching Life of High just felt so ordinary what any of us women uh, and men do it felt so innocuous and she was met with you know she walked into the bus which was essentially a trap and she was uh, gang raped and she, was, she had a pole stuck up her vagina and you know destroyed her body destroyed her intestines into and uh, it was a gruesome uh, gang rape, and when she subsequently died, the streets really rose up in protest. And it was the first time that people had, you know, there was a feeling of enough is enough. Uh, and it was the first time for me just just realizing that my own silence about my my rape at nine is is kind of is part of the fabric of um, of silence that kept the violence in place because. Um, survivors like 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 I are not vocal um, we mm. and, and because we inherit the shame and maintain the shame the shame is never passed on to the appropriate people which is the perpetrators so uh, the play was conceived um, at that time and then I had invited uh, this testimonial director, well, she's an amazing director in general, but she also specializes in testimonial called Yael Farber, whose work I had seen many, many years ago in New York. I'd, uh, you know, she was very affected by uh, the events of what had happened. I invited her to India to come and um, create a testimonial play. I was ready to speak. I know everyone around me was ready to speak for the first time. And, um, you know, she put together a play with survivors, uh, telling our own story wow. of rape, gender, discrimination, and such,
1: And the speaking about it for the first time moment that Pallavi experienced watching the play, Pallavi, for you was a very, like, I mean, sh- should I say light bulb moment? Was it, I want to know, like when you saw the play, first of all, like, did you meet Porna before you saw the play or after? And like, how did that happen?
0: I'm important because we were introduced by mutual friends around the time that she was doing the play in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew about the case, but I didn't know what I was going to be walking into as far as seeing the play. Um, I hadn't read any reviews or anything like that. Um, and, uh, I went there and didn't, you know, just didn't know it was going to be a testimonial play. Um, and I quite frankly, I lost my shit and I, Hmm cried in my seat. Um, It was the first time that I had um, thought about my own sexual assault story Mm -hmm. um, in my adult life. It was the first time I had seen other South Asian women be forthright about sexual assault as a topic period. Right. Um, Or like just, just talk about it in public. Um, And it was I was um, not alone in the whole like losing my shit thing. I, I wasn't the only one crying in the audience. Yeah. So in that moment, I could also sort of disappear in that sort of camaraderie of being moved that yeah. I was sort of Ill- alone in my thoughts of is everybody else around me a- reacting to the what they just saw or are they reacting because they're reacting b- the way that I'm reacting? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was still very like isolating in that way. Mm-hmm. And more and most profoundly, it was the first time that the idea that what happened to me was uh was not my fault, or is that it's not my burden to bear mm-hmm. that was the first time those ideas entered my head right and um, my so you know, when I was preparing to talk about this, I had to really like get clear about my story in general. I talked to my therapist about it, um, at length. And, um, I also had to really like, I mean, and part of it is like, but the worst part is that you sort of have to relive it a little bit in order to get clear. Right. Um, but I think I find the reason why I can, um, find a little, like I, I found the strength to really, be forthright about it today is because I've also, um, like what happened to me is not a worst case scenario. Like I wasn't, I wasn't raped. I was, I was assaulted. I was touched. I was groped. I was coerced. Um, and I was like cornered Mm -hmm. into, yeah, I was, I was cornered into the situation and it was uh, and I also had to decide that I I didn't want to say exactly who it is because I don't keep that person around anymore. And um, so it, it's OK for like I, and I don't I don't want that detail to be like weighing on my head either. Like it, I don't because what was so hard for me to talk about for the longest time is because it was a family member. And to me, saying something like that um, in, in the moment when it happened, the first thing that happened was this person threat, basically threatened me to stay in quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was basically told that if I told anyone about this, or if I said something about this to the family that I could, like, they could, the stress would physically kill them. Like you, you could kill me if you do this. Right. Um, if you say something, so as a 13-year-old girl, I definitely didn't want to be responsible for crumbling the family. And I didn't want to be responsible for somebody dying. So, of course, I'm going to stay quiet. Because right. this loyalty and obedience thing is so at odds, in, mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, in many cultures. And I, I just felt like it was – so I shoved it. I shoved it down. I didn't say anything about it for many years, Um, even though, and like, even though like my parents are lovely people and I actually do have like a lovely relationship with them, you know, like it's, I didn't, I just couldn't tell them, you know, and um, right. Yeah, it was, it was just a really, um, that awakening that I had watching all these women talk about how most of them also had this experience with a family member or a close family friend. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, like, this is not my unique situation at all. I'm not alone. That's, that's what that was.
2: (laughs) And, you know, uh, and you know, the, there's a part of the play, like when Yael came, we also discussed doing a one woman show, right? So Mm -hmm. I go out and tell the story, but actually the power of the moment was a bunch of people telling very different stories of gender-based violence and sexual assault, but there is a commonality through it. Um, You know, and, and so the power is, uh, is, is seeing, uh, and, and we, you know, in the play, we morph into different people and different times. So there is a sense when you see the play that it's, it is my story, but it's also your story. It's also her story. It's also the person who's, you know, name, it, it, there was a there was a feeling like uh, the the play represented us, but also society.
1: Yeah, and so that that then goes into the amount of years that you see this play and you're affected by it. With and it's and it's branched out. What is so beautiful about art? And like we're in the save the arts kind of mode right now in the pandemic is that art moves people. Art opens people's hearts. It it, it, it sometimes you watch something that you. In that moment, I mean, I, what I learned in Meisner was sometimes I don't have the courage to experience something yet in my life, but when I see this, it moves me to transition or at least it plants a seed for maybe a decade later. I have that conversation that I never meant, that I didn't know I needed to have, and it just, it affects me that way. So Pallavi, for you with that being affected so much, and then you're now at this stage, cut to the stage mm-hmm. of wanting to have a baby. And you all had a few years of wanting to, of, of trying and whatnot. So I want to go into that and what your therapist said about your body and your physical feelings of when you started addressing this past.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, you know, around, I think 2015, right, is when you guys did the show in, in New York. Um, yeah. And then I want to say that my husband and I started trying to get pregnant the following year, like 2016, whatnot. Um uh, mind you, I see this play. I have my moment. Uh, I might've talked to my husband about it, but I didn't really venture out into conversation after that. Um, mm-hmm. in 2016, we start trying to get pregnant. Listen, I'm, I, and at that time I was like, you know, not even 30 years old. I'm barely 30 years old. I should, you know, I should quote, you know, this is another thing that's like, you know, we don't really teach women about their bodies all that much. They just say, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But like, you know, <laughs> I, I had a really hard time getting pregnant um and it was maybe 2 years so 2016 to 2018 we were trying to get pregnant didn't happen i said well maybe it's just not my time right now i didn't really want to go into like any sort of fertility treatment or anything i was like i'm just going to take a beat um we moved to los angeles at the top of 2018 and um i want to say like a couple of months into being here and like being in the car for the first time, uh, that as much as we are here, you know, like first time in ten years, I was driving every day, and I found thinking. myself, yeah, and thinking, <laughs> that's exactly where I'm headed with this. Is like for the first time in my adult life, I'm sitting there by myself, listening to my thoughts, and seeing where my train of thought is going. I wasn't I've never been much of a meditator. Like, you know, when you when you when you say you meditate in New York, you might like close your eyes and put your headphones on on the subway. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the same type of thing. And so I started on my like drives to auditions, having these like sort of waves of feelings about like how I needed to like maybe finally start going to therapy And it was, Mm -hmm. it was all stemming back to me needing to let go of my, of my sexual assault story. I just like, I just don't want this anymore. I don't want to sit here thinking about it this much. It was just like, it really was like, I was having like weird back pain. I was having like all kinds of things were happening in my body that I just couldn't. And you probably remember this, like we were climbing and I was having all kinds of back Back pain. pain. I do remember. Mm-hmm. And I just I didn't want it anymore. And so I started going to therapy and I found very specifically a South Asian therapist that I could talk to that I could feel comfortable with. Um, So I just did. So I didn't have to think about this anymore. And my and the sole purpose of it was for me to be able to work towards telling my parents. And right. So I started therapy on my first session. I lost my shit again. Like it was it was, it was time. Like I had at that point, like 2018. Yeah. I've been holding on to it for 20 years.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a full bucket of water that you're trying to balance and take with you through life. And it's just kind of like spilling over, spilling over, spilling over. You're like, I got it. I got it. But the finally, yeah. like just dump the water. Let's just purge this. Let's empty yeah. our cup. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, I also had like within that 20 years, like I was around that person mm-hmm. often. Wow, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, because I didn't say anything and I didn't want to crumble the family, you know, like I, I was around them often and okay. I, I just acted like nothing, you know what I mean? Like I just acted like nothing was wrong. Um, and so I really did some, like, I, I went, you know, a couple of times a week at one point, once a week for sure. And about three months into therapy, I was ready to tell my mother. And, um, she came to visit and, you know, I, I sat down and it was really hard. I started crying right away. I said, I'm really scared to tell you this. I just don't, I don't want you to be mad at me. Like I, you know, and I, I told her who it was and what happened and what he like, you know, how, how he touched me. And it was just very uncomfortable and I, I hated it, but I also needed to do it. And, um, then I worked through managing, you know, my mom's amazing, but like I had to manage her feelings about it, you know? And yeah. like, that's also a big part of this whole thing is like, you have to sort of like, and that's probably what I was also avoiding is like, I just, I knew I I just didn't want to be right. like having a bunch of people grill me, you know?
1: And your therapist also said uh, something about your physic. How are you feeling and where do you feel yeah. it in your body? Which I think yeah. for women with the with the amount of responsibility we have to create other human beings, the Mm -hmm. fact that there's also, you know, sexual assault and molestation that happens in this part of your, where you hold your emotion. Yeah. One of the things that she would ask me in every session
0: was, as you're talking about this, where in your body do you feel it? And I would say uh, every time it was the same place. Every time I felt it um, in my lower abdomen, And it was like a, like a poking sort of, and like, like somebody took like the pinching, like somebody was like pinching nerves. And it was like a very like small, like ball of stress Mm -hmm. that lived in my lower abdomen. And we would breathe through it every time. And then I would continue to talk. And yeah. And so after I told my mother, (sighs) some of that sort of was, was relieved a little bit. I still had to sort of like breathe through it, but it, I, it was like, um, I was no longer like sitting there, like gasping for breath while I was talking about it. I was just like able to just sort of like list, like know that it was there in my abdomen and okay. That's, that's what that is. Okay. I'm going, what am I going to do to move through that? Mm -hmm. And so I just kept doing that for like, and this was, yeah, like four, four months in now. So, so I tell my mother, And I kid you not, I got pregnant the next month. Wow. I, even now when I say it, I'm like, I'm really floored by it because like I, we were trying
1: for two years, Gabrielle, like it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. You were young. Yeah. Trying. And I remember, I remember those conversations when you would, every time you would mention that you we're trying and you, you, you might've missed a period, but then the period would come mm-hmm. the way, I don't think I've said this to you yet, but the way you would just be like, so anyway, and then you just kind of move on. You just move in a conversation. I was like, I, I just don't know, like, is she sad? Is she frustrated? Is she, you know, and there were just, I had no idea that there mm-hmm. were so many other things. And maybe you didn't at that point to then take time in your car, to then think, to then remember everything that affected you when you met porno, mm-hmm. like what, that was five years ago, this mm-hmm. process to a moment where your therapist also told you, I want to remind you, this said, it's before telling your mother, practice on people. And mm-hmm. I was one of those people. And I, when we were preparing this um, this episode, it was so wonderful to be reminded that, you know, you chose me because I am an uncomplicated friend. And I just... Right. <laughs> which yeah. also, just so you know, Porna, like, we just confessed what we thought of each other the first time we met each other. And she says, I was intense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm flattered that it's like one and the other, <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. did take me out and you said, I, I want to talk about something. And I was like, all you wants to talk about something that is not to help me because you're the helper. You're the fixer. You know, you're the problem solver. You're the oldest sister. You know, you're the, you're the first friend to get married. You're the first friend that's trying to have a kid. Like, you know, you're the one that has all the wisdom and the mm-hmm. fact that you were coming to me was, was quite an honor. So oh. I just remember that moment yeah. too. That uh, I was, when you were afraid to talk to your mother and you were preparing to take that step, I, I said, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And I'm sure and your answer was that your family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I said, my answer was that my family would, wouldn't talk to me ever again. That was my wow. worst case scenario. And not that I really believed mm. that that would happen, but yeah. that's what I was led to believe could happen when I was assaulted. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And again, I, I guess like what I could say is like we're not you were the first non family member, like South Asian person that I told also. Wow. It's incredible. And that wasn't in 2015. No, that wasn't in 20. That was, you know, a few weeks ago. But <laughs>
2: right. That's in 2015. Oh, five <laughs> years incredible. later. yeah Yeah, that's incredible thank you
1: yeah do you do you get these um reach outs ever since the play about thank you so much i feel seen of course course.
2: yeah there's uh you know after the play we i don't know if you were i'm sure sure after the play we did uh numerous talkbacks we did the talk back every day in india at least um we scheduled quite a few but um, I'd always ask the audience if they could put their hands up if they were sexually assaulted or they knew someone who was sexually assaulted and in every country. So we did this in India, we did this in Ireland in London and in, in the States um, about 60% would raise their hands. Mm. And then we'd get all this um, mail, like physically delivered mail to say I, I didn't raise my hand, but I couldn't, mm. you know, there's, so many um, people, men and women, I think that's what, that's what is so uh, incredible. It happens to both genders. Um, there's so many people who have carried this story and stored it in different parts of their body
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, are too, um, are too ashamed and are too scared of hurting themselves and hurting other people. To start exploring and unlocking the story, and you know the wonderful thing of uh, the wonderful thing of moving through it is it's, it's it's absolutely what has made me into an adult. The fact mm. that I can claim what has happened to me, it's you know, and I and, and that only happened when I was forty. Um, and I had told my you know, I've have, have a very uh, similar story, which is I, I I had a pain in my stomach for years and years, and I remember. Um, At 16, it really became bad, and I went through um, a lot of ultra testing, and there was nothing there. There was just nothing there. And at 25, I'd, I'd go to the doctor regularly to try and figure out what it is. And at 25, my regular doctor wasn't there. There was a substitute doctor. I met someone else in the practice, a guy called Dr. Goldstein. Um, and you know, he, he looked at my results. He's like, you know what, there's nothing there. And he like, literally was like, have you ever been sexually assaulted or, or anything? I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, it's a very common thing I see uh, with my patients when, when there is a history of any, any sexual trauma, women tend to carry it in their stomachs. And, and Mm -hmm. that was a huge, I mean, my, my, um, my appointment. Was probably 15 minutes, and it, it was kind of the the most um, um, generous, the most eye-opening, the most life-changing 15 minutes of my life. Because here's the doctor saying, "I've seen this before. It's this is what it is. Mm. Go tell, go tell your parents. Go, go figure it out." And you know that was when I was 25. But I really uh, feel like. When I was 40s, when I did Nirvaya. That's when I feel like I became an adult because I stopped carrying shame. I, st- I started the process of stopping to carry the shame. I started the process, you know, you know and I hear you speak, follow me, which is this, this thing at the beginning, which you feel like you're going to get it out of your body. You're going to get this thing, this story, this, this, this bundle of emotions that sits in your body. You're going to, you know, kind of like, like an exorcist. You, you, you get mm-hmm. it out. And actually it's a process of just letting it be and not paying it much attention. And it's always going to be there. It is what it is, you know? Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the process. It is much more not forgetting and not, not whatever. It is much more an integrative process rather than an expulsion process. And um, it Mm -hmm. is, it's one, you know, I, I had a child and that's a marker of a huge marker of adulthood, but I, you know, I still feel like, Oh my God. I have a child, um, and how is it possible? But it really is this passage of claiming what has happened to you without shame, and being able to talk about mm-hmm. it with, um, and not without emotion. Because even as I hear your story, I, I, you know, so much triggers. I'm, 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 I'm always triggered by any story. Uh, For that to be completely great and fine and part of the process and part of my story is, is I, I think, how I define adulthood for me.
0: We'll be right back after this short break.